Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And I just need you all to know, I just had to do this intro three times. Because for some reason my brain's not working, and um, I cannot get it right. <laughs> so yay. Um, we'll be happy to hear that I actually re-recorded. Um, so, there was some breaking news yesterday. Um, I didn't feel it was big enough news to do another episode, but I do want to talk about it. Um, Empire was renewed for a sixth season, and Jesse Smollett actually had his option, um, his contract option, picked up for the next season. But there's a twist to all of this. Even though his option was picked up, Jesse Smollett is not expected to appear, at least right away, in the new season of Empire. So why pick up his option at all? That seems to be a question that a lot of people are asking. <clears throat> um, first, let's read a couple of statements. Um, this one... Uh, this one comes from the studio, um, 20th Century Fox Television. And they said, by mutual agreement, the studio has negotiated an extension to Jesse Smollett's option for season six. But at this time, there are no plans for the character of Jamal to return to Empire. And um, Jesse's people wrote, we've been told that Jesse will not appear in the beginning of the season, but he appreci- appreciates that they have extended his contract to keep Jamal's future open. Most importantly, he is grateful to Fox and Empire um, leadership, cast, crew, and fans for their unwavering support. So, why why pick up the option if you're not going to use it? There's a couple things here. First of all, 20th Century Fox Television is now owned by Disney. And... There is a chance, albeit it's small, and quite possibly um, not accurate at all, but they probably don't want to look bad for firing someone who may have been the victim of a hate crime. And before, before people jumped on my throat, I need everyone to take a second and remember the charges against Jesse Smollett were dropped. Uh, whether or not we believe he's guilty, the charges were dropped and there's nothing on his criminal record. What this means is that there, if there's a morals clause, and there usually are in these kind of contracts, they wouldn't be able to use it to fire him. Now, they could have just opted to say we're writing the character of Jamal out. Um, But Jesse could have probably still hit them with a wrongful termination suit. Um, It's not really common, especially in TV shows, for an actor to um, do that because, A, they want to work again, and B... um, Usually there's 
um, there's no talk of recast. But seeing as Lee Daniels threw it out there that they might recast the role should Jesse not return, um, I think that complicated matters a little bit more. Also, there's the little matter of if they do decide to write Jamal in, they wouldn't be able to just assume Jesse would be available. So, and a lot of people are going into the sixth season of Empire thinking that it's going to be the last. Um, despite both the network and the um, studio saying, we all think whatever, you know, we all think um, there are many more stories to tell. Fans have a very different opinion here. And they don't think that there's that much more story to tell. And so this could be leading to um, the end of Empire. And they would definitely want Jamal back for that. And they would probably want Jamal in the form of Jesse Smollett back. And speaking of wanting people to back... Speaking of people wanting people back, I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So, you know, y'all know that I talk gossip because, well, the show is called Drunk Gossip. (laughs) It's really not hard to put those two together. Um, And you also know that I try to keep my personal life more or less out of the conversation. Sometimes it happens, sometimes, especially when we're doing drunk dating... Shit happens. Or when we're talking about writing, but I don't consider writing my personal life. That's my professional life. Um, and I've been asked why. And the, the truth of the matter is, I don't really think that my dating life is all that interesting. But, on the other hand, maybe y'all do. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's not something like I'm trying to hide or anything. It's just one of those things. And for many years, Wendy Williams kind of did the same thing. She would talk about, like, little snippets of her... Little snippets of her um, life and whatnot. But she, <clears throat> she never talked about her husband cheating on her. She never talked about... You know, how that made her feel or anything. Even as she was talking to... Or talking about other people's marriages imploding and other people's cheating um, scandals exploding. And while I'm definitely not one to say that it's right what she did, I definitely think... Um, she she had her reasoning. I can't defend her. I don't know um, what that reasoning is. Maybe it's just what she thought was right. But re- one of the things I really think is important to remember 
is when you have one finger point, or when you point your finger at someone, you have three more pointing right back at you. Uh, and, and this one, it was true, especially when she was uh, outing people in the hip-hop community. Um, most famously, Puff Daddy. Um, recently, it's been uh, 50 Cent. So, it, you know, again, she's, she's done very interesting things. Um, and I just read a BuzzFeed article about how she's built her brand on honesty. You know, we have the Ellens and the Rachel Rays and the Oprahs who are kind of like our moms. Like, come here, you know, let me console you, let me make you feel better. But Wendy, um, their comparison was um, Wendy Williams is the messy, gossipy aunt. And it is so true. And, you know, I did some research, which Will will be thankful for. <laughs> Before I, I started recording this segment, and most if not all of the headlines that come out of the Wendy Williams show are because of her Hot Topic segment. It is one of, if not the most popular segment she has. It takes up, now it takes up half of her show. And just like The View some days, that's all she does. People don't uh, with with the Wendy Williams show, people don't necessarily tune in for the interviews. They tune in to see what she's going to say. And I'm guessing that's what her and the, her new producer were talking about when they had lunch yesterday. A source said Wendy was with her new executive producer, Bernie Young, and other members of the show at Fresco by Escado. She looked great even though she's suffering from a cold. They all looked like they were in a great mood. And that doesn't really surprise me. Um, And just like with the Jesse Smollett um, situation when he was seen having um, lunch with, with the executive producer of Empire... They were probably strategizing and, and and making sure that everything was set for next season. People think I'm crazy, but this season's already set. Like, they already know what they're going to do. They already have, basically, um, the guests and the segments already planned out. This is all about next season. Especially this late in the game. And speaking of being late in the game, I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So, some of you may not know this. A lot of you do. Um, But I love Kate McKinnon. I think she's boldly talented. Um, She's lovely. And it kind of amuses me that she shies away from interviews. Um, because, and I know, like, on screen is a completely different thing than your real life, but on screen, she doesn't come across as being shy or anything like that, 
um, she she comes across as very bold and and I keep saying bold and I don't know why. <laughs> she comes across as you know very confident and very um, outgoing. And, you know, it seems like she would be more willing to do interviews and and whatnot. And again, that's just my perception. You know, I could be completely wrong um, about that. But... What can't be what I can't be wrong about is she has really become a breakout star for Saturday Night Live between her Hillary Clinton impression, uh, her Jeff Sessions impression, and um, her original characters. Um, I don't I can't think of their names, but the lady who keeps getting abducted by these extraterrestrial figures and, you know, all these people had a lovely time and she's, like, miserable. Um, or the old actress who doesn't think sexual harassment is such a big deal. Uh, she's really... In a, in a very big way, she's broken out... And kind of become like the Tina Fey of of the new group. Maybe not even Tina Fey. Um, I just can't think of another Kristen Week, maybe. But in any case, um, she's broken out. She's huge. Um, she's being booked for all these comedy roles. And she's also getting ready to make her dramatic debut um, in the new Who show about Elizabeth Holmes. Um, And we talked about, kind of talked about this um, when we talked about Jennifer Lawrence getting in trouble with producers of her movie Bad Blood. Um, So she has this new role and she's going to be an executive producer on the project. It's uh, gotten a series order from Hulu. And so what does all this mean? Well, it means she could possibly be leaving SNL. Her reps in um, those for Saturday Night Live are trying to figure out a way to make it amicable for everyone to... uh, For her to come back. And it really seems like it's going to work out. Um, Lorne Michaels has a way of keeping his stars when he wants them. And and cutting them loose when they're not working. Now, some of the ones that he cut loose still go into a very successful career. Um, I had an example and it just, like, floated out of my mind. <laughs> But, you know, like, the, especially the comedy field is littered with Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live alums. Um, people like Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler and 
um, Chevy Chase and <coughs> would not be an episode without me coughing at you. Um, anyways, so it's, it's not hard to see Kate McKinnon fitting right in up there. But at the same time, I think it's going to be very interesting to see um, what she actually decides. She could, she could decide to stay um, just for a little bit longer, maybe another season, maybe two. Um, especially with the 2020 election coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if she did a two-year pact or one-year extension and then um, she kept appearing like Tina Fey does sporadically throughout 2020, or rather um, fall of 2020. Uh, But clearly I need to go get my brain right and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, this is something that really bothers me. Um, Will and I will probably go more in depth um, either on our YouTube show or in a segment um, we do for Drunk Gossip or something. Um, But there are a lot of people who believe that authors should stick to one genre. And from a marketing perspective, they're probably not wrong. It is a lot easier to gain readership and to um, build a reputation in one genre as opposed to um, going and writing in different genres. The counterpoint to this is um, when I was doing some research, I, you know, I have a couple cozy mystery series I have in mind. You, for those, you have to have four or five books lined up and ready to publish before you can... If you're going the indie route. Um, and if you're going the traditional route, traditionally publish, our traditional publishers want you to stay in one box. Now, of course, if, if you're a Janet Evanovich or a John Grisham... They'll let you stray a little bit. Like, John Grisham did the true crime book, The Innocent Man. Um, Janet Evanovich um, has gone from her cozy mystery series, Stephanie Plum, um, to heist books with Fox and O'Hara. But those two are really the exceptions and not the rules. Um, for me, I want to be able to jump from genre to genre. You know, I I told you guys I wrote um, a Space Force sci-fi short story um, that I'm going to talk with Will about because he has given me great feedback on it um, about possibly turning that into a book. Um, because one of the big things he said is, I need to let it breathe. Um there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do with a 4,000 word count maximum. Um, and I'm also working on developing a fantasy series. 
No, sci-fi and fantasy usually go hand in hand and you can generally get away with it with traditional publishers. And it would be an easy um it would be much easier to market sci-fi fantasy to the same readers as an indie author. But that's not what I want. I you know, I have a romance out there already, Shape of Love. Um I have a soap opera satire, One Death to Live, coming out. Uh, It was out and then Amazon unpublished it for some reason. I need to figure out why. Um, And then... I'm currently working on the sequel to Crazy Rich Homos, which is a um, romantic comedy. Um... And, you know, in Crazy George Wedding, the sequel that I'm currently working on is a comedy, but it's more like a family comedy. Um, Not that I would let your kids read this, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying. Uh, And then I have a couple more ideas that I'm developing, um, a historical fiction based on what happened with Beverly McKenzie. Um... So, you know, I just, I want to span the whole collective. And I'm not sure that that's always going to be possible. But Chuck Wendig, who I will tell you about in a second after I read this quote. He said, the key for me is that when I seek a book by an author, I want that book to be a book nobody but that author could have written. That, for me, is what voice and branding is all about. Okay, so, first of all, I need you all to know, I actually know Chuck uh, Wendig. Not personally or anything. Um, He was hosting a panel. I believe it it was actually on branding. Um, It was at a Writing Digest conference. Funny, funny guy. Um, We were talking about writing essays and blog posts for... Obviously for the internet. And he really hates the word blog. He doesn't think it works. Um, You know, yada, yada, yada. So he coined the term vese. Because he feels like that's more representative of what we're actually doing. So, and I agree with him. And that was one of the things that I'd even bring up is, you know, I write articles. I, um, I write sex articles. I write relationship articles. I write, um, articles about photography. I write articles about, um, gaming. I write true crime articles. There are so many, many, many articles. You know, again, it's just one of those things where I don't see the reason why I should be forced into a box to quote-unquote be more marketable. Yes, my uh, my sex articles do get more views than, say, my photography articles do. But... That's mostly because 
I just started my foray into writing about photography. My gaming articles were insanely popular. Um, the very first one I did about how bad I am racked up, I don't even know how many views. I'd have to go check again. But when I last checked, it was like four or five thousand. It was um, 4,500. 4,589, I think. So, that's, that's what I mean. Like, you know, if I never attempted to write in the gaming article, if I never attempted to, to do this, I wouldn't have known. And, you know, obviously one article, one story, one novel, one play, one movie doesn't make a career. But when you sit and you put all of my articles together, then you get a you get a sense. I'm self-deprecating. I like to make people laugh. Um, people have told me that the reason why they like my true crime articles more than other people's is because I don't get into the gruesome details of, you know, he ate her brain. I dig in and find the motivation and the, the humanity of it all. And that's enough tooting my own horn. I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So, um, for the record, the Jesse Smollett segment actually could have and was originally planned to be the closing segment. But, then I read about... Um, what we're actually going to be talking about in our last segment. And I just knew that I had to uh, make this our last segment. Um, first of all, Jesse Smollett is much less famous and much less powerful than Oprah Winfrey. Um, and while his story is really intriguing and there's been so many twists and turns and, uh, you know, it's so convoluted. When when that book out comes out, I hope you all actually buy it because it, I need you to know it's going to take me a long time to figure this shit out and what actually went down. <laughs> because at this point, I'm not even sure I know anymore. Um, you know, and I, the thing is, like, I thought the Megan Kelly story was big, but this is just, boom, like, right there in your face. Um, but the Oprah story is, it's a little bit more intriguing to me, mostly because, um, first of all, I, I actually wrote, um, when I was in seventh grade, I did my, we had a Women's History Month report that we had to do. And I did mine on Oprah. Because she's so famous and just, you know, at the time, she was the most popular talk show host out there. And uh, as you all know, I wanted to be a talk show host at one point in my life. And if you didn't know, now you do. (laughs) So anyway, so Oprah has quit 60 Minutes. Um, she's been a contributor there since 2017. 
Uh, and but it, like she signed up with a lot of fanfare and then kind of mm, subsided. Um. Now there are going to be some people who say, "Oh, you know, they had to get rid of Oprah in order to pay Gail's salary." Sorry, you don't do that. Um, not only because they're best friends. Um, although that is obviously very true. <laughs> um, but, and this is no offense to Gail King, you don't get rid of Oprah Winfrey to pay for Gail King. Um, however, right now it's being said that Oprah quit. And why did she quit? I'll tell you in her own words. She said, it was not the best format for me. How should I say this? It's never a good thing when I have to practice saying my name and have to be told that I have too much emotion in my name. I think I did seven takes on just my name because it was too emotional. I go, is the too much emotion in the Oprah part or the Winfrey part? They would say, all right, you need to flatten out your voice. There's too much emotion in your voice. So I was working on pulling myself down and flattening out my personality, which is not a good thing. Um, and okay, I can kind of see that. I can, I, I definitely see where she's coming from. But... And you knew there was a but. Blind Gossip has an item that kind of makes a little bit more sense in it. Um, they insinuate, actually, they don't even insinuate. They say outright, Oprah was fired. Um, and the reason why, though, is I think will be shocking to her fans Although, again, I'm not really shocked by this because as I've covered gossip, I've actually heard a lot of this. Um, they say, the public may love her, but the crew certainly didn't. She thinks she's more more important and smarter than everyone. She knows more than the gaffer. She knows more than the guests. She knows more than than everybody. Every minute of production was about her and her insufferable ego. The woman would not shut up and just do her job. Uh, And just in case there's people out there who don't know, a gaffer is the one who does the lighting. The the main boss. The main lighting boss. And... um, they continue to say, she says she quit, but she actually got fired. So, okay, let's just take a second here and wrap our minds around this. CBS fired Oprah Winfrey. But they're not going to... And they're not going to come out and say that. First of all, again, her best friend is their morning anchor and the linchpin to the success of their morning show. 
if they piss Oprah off too much, there's a chance that Gil won't sign her contract or Oprah will pay for Gil to get out of her contract. And that's not something that anybody wants. Secondly, and perhaps more importantly, you don't fire Oprah Winfrey. Now, I'm not saying that in a facetious manner, although I'm sure it sounds like it. There are certain celebrities in certain fields you don't fire. Or if you do, you never publicly state that you fired them. Oprah is a guru. And if you ever want to work with her again, or if you ever want to be in business with her again, you let her say she quit. Um, The same thing with Meryl Streep, you know, you hire Meryl Streep to act in a play or a movie or whatever, you and it doesn't work out. You don't say I fired Meryl Streep. You say Meryl Streep left because of creative differences or whatever. Um, that's just how the celebrity publicity game is played. Um, and if you're smart and if you want to stay in business or perhaps do business with them in the future... That's what you have to do. And speaking of things you have to do, I have to go. I have a busy day lined up. So thank you all so much for listening, as always. And until next time, cheers.